Welcome to the Reunion Belleville podcast, a place where everyday people apprentice to Jesus. We're glad you pulled up a seat and we hope that today's lead-in encourages you to take your next step. All right, good morning, or should I say good afternoon. I was not at church this morning. I woke up with a bit of a chest cold and so the crew in person had the opportunity to watch uh, the video of this message instead of me being there in person and I wanted to wait to do the podcast until the kind of the frogs hopped out of my throat and so after a couple of hot beverages and a little bit of sleep on the couch here I am trying to record this for you and we're in our second week the second week of this little series called origin story and I hope that over the next couple of weeks you'll learn more about why we began and who we are and are becoming as a community And last week I shared my thanks for James, the brother of Jesus, who stood at a very important meeting and said, we should not make it difficult for people turning to God. Did you notice that? We should not make it. (laughs) We should not make it difficult for people turning to God. I believe this echoes Jesus' own words when he says, his rhythms of grace are unforced and his burden is light. So as a community, we do not, and I pray that we will never make it difficult for people turning to God. But, (laughs) and yes, I know there's always a but because when we say yes to something, we have to say no to something else. When we say yes to something, we have to say no to something else. As as inviting, sorry, as Jesus is, as wonderful as it sounds to make Jesus the center and the focus of our crew, let's be honest, we can sometimes underestimate the challenges. To turn to God means we have to turn away from something else. In fact, I officiated a wedding yesterday at the venue. uh, And when this couple stood up and they gave their vows and they, they confessed their covenant to each other, when they said yes to one another, it means, hopefully, that they're gonna say no to everyone else. Because for every yes, there is a corresponding no. So the question we wanna dig in today is, what does it look like to say yes or to turn to God? In our culture recently, the idea of turning to God has meant following Jesus or saying you're a Christian. But what does that even mean? In fact, there's a debate and there's popular books coming out right now discussing and questioning if we've outgrown or if we need to stop using the term Christian because it can mean a million different things to a million different people. It's like saying I love peanut butter and I love my wife. Obviously, well, hopefully, obviously love means something different in each of these contexts. So here at Reunion, we say different words for the sake of clarity. We use specific language for the sake of understanding. I have no issue saying I'm a Christian, but I prefer to begin somewhere else. And today I want to explain to you our first, and I would argue perhaps, our baseline culture statement. We are pupils. We engage, establish, equip, and empower people as apprentices of Jesus. We are pupils. If you go to our website, uh, reunionbellville.com, under who we are, you're going to see all of our culture statements if you're listening online or trying to track with us from a distance. But we are pupils. We engage, establish, equip, and empower people as what? Apprentices of Jesus. I love the word apprentice. I love it. Let me tell you why. (coughs) You see, the story of Jesus is so important to us. And the story of Jesus structures everything we do. And my role as your pastor in these moments is to bring us up to speed with the historical context of Scripture. 
In order to understand how to apply or understand Jesus in our world, we have to start with Jesus in his own world. To fail to understand context puts us in a place to misread, misunderstand, and therefore misapply the Bible. Scripture apart from context is a dangerous thing. We can make the Bible say whatever we want it to say apart from context. So, what did Jesus mean when he says, follow me? In fact, he never used the word Christian. That was a derogatory term given to to people later. So, what did Jesus mean when he says, turn to me or follow me? What did the original audience understand understand, or agree to? Or, let's be honest, some walked away when they heard the invitation. Last week, we picked up the story of Jesus, and he's, he's beginning to preach, right? Remember, his family is quite upset, and he's becoming a rabbi, a religious leader, who out of nowhere seems to have increased authority and influence that other rabbis in his community didn't have. Remember, rabbi means religious teacher and, and leader. But for some reason, Jesus' stock shot up immediately. And this is so important because Jesus isn't viewed as someone doing something necessarily new. No, Jesus took his place among the religious leaders of his day, doing what was already done. Jesus is therefore seen, treated, and even named rabbi by his followers and people from the crowd who are interested. See, rabbis had this huge responsibility in their culture to show society through teaching and through their lifestyle a relationship with God worth mimicking. A rabbi would come up and say, hey, this is my interpretation of this of this Old Testament law or <laughs> of this Jewish law. It wasn't Old Testament with them. It was just straight up Testament. But they would show up and they would, they would interpret the law through their lens and say, this is what I feel like it should uh, mean and therefore how it should be applied to our lives today. And people would look at that and say, oh, that's a great yoke. Like that's, that's something that I believe is also true. And so they would apprentice or follow that rabbi. So rabbis were kind of therefore like masters of their trade, so to speak. They were masters at interpretation or the, the Jewish law and therefore at a master of their religious system. So consider this. They'd be much like a, like a master electrician, a master plumber, a mechanic, even a cook. And so Jesus takes his role as a rabbi serious in, in that he would call apprentices to be with him, become like him so that they could do what he did. This is the, the methodology of rabbis' apprenticeship in Jesus' day. You would call people together to listen to your interpretations, but to apply your way of life. They would be with their rabbi. They would practice what their rabbis did in order that they would someday be able to live as their rabbi lived. Today, we use the same methodology in, in our trade schools. You go to school, you learn under a master, of, uh, let's say a master electrician, you are with them, you learn their skills, you practice their skills in order that you can practice their way of life. This was the way of the rabbi and this was the way of Jesus. Teach and preach, yes, of course, but collect a group of people who you believe can do what you do. Train them to become your apprentices with the purpose of them becoming rabbis. Are you tracking? Remember, they were, they were trained to become just like their rabbi. So be with me, become like me, and do what I do. Therefore, get other apprentices to be with you, become like you, and do what you do, and the cycle will continue. So let's pick up the story now in Matthew chapter 4, 18 to 20. And this is just picking it up after the confrontation with Jesus' family, if we're going to use kind of like a, a, a life 
timeline. But it says this, walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. Jesus said to them, come with me or, or follow me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions. They simply dropped their nets and followed. Verse 21 continues. A short distance down the beach, they came upon another pair of brothers, James and John, Zebedee's sons. These two were sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their fish nets. Jesus made the same offer to them. They were just as quick to follow, abandoning boat and father. That's our Jesus story for today. And I love it because what we see here, as it even tells you in your own Bible, perhaps, that Jesus is starting to collect or call his first apprentices. Jesus is doing the rabbi thing. Jesus is choosing people to leave their lives behind and to become his apprentices where they would be with Jesus, watch Jesus, listen to Jesus, learn from Jesus in order that they might become like Jesus in order that they would be able to do what Jesus was doing. This was an incredible invitation and a life-altering challenge. In fact, it was such an intense life-on-life -life experience, they had a blessing for new apprentices that said this, May you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. May you be so close that as they walk, you'll <laughs> kind of eat their dust. But more importantly, may you be so close that you'll be covered by the dust of their teaching, their practices, and their daily activities. When people met apprentices, people could respond due to the apprentice's way of life. Oh, they must be with Jesus. Listen to the way that they speak. Look at, look at the way that they act. They must be an apprentice of, of that rabbi or, or this rabbi. Interesting, isn't it? This is the historical context of Jesus' own invitation to follow him. So what do you notice from the story that we considered now in light of this context? What stands out to you as you consider your understanding of Christianity or even the term Christian? How does this context, this background influence, confirm, or maybe even challenge your understanding of following Jesus? For me, this, this information was, and it continues to be, life-altering because Jesus' call to come and to follow him wasn't a slight invitation to like hang out or come to church or pray a prayer or even believe a list of statements. But it's an invitation to come and to spend time with Jesus, to learn from him, practice his ways so that his apprentices then and now, including myself, would become people who live like Jesus, modeling and teaching others to do the same. I'm challenged because, my, because this understanding was and is when people meet me, they ought to be able to think, oh, he's with Jesus, or or at least begin to question who's forming Wes's understanding of the world? What makes him think that way or believe that way and therefore act that way? Is it because of Jesus or is it because of something else? There should be a level of curiosity that is raised because of my presence in situations. And here's the thing, we say this all the time, this is not new unless perhaps you're new to our crew, but we say this all the time, we are all being formed by someone or something. We are all being formed by someone or something. Our mindsets are not unique. Our practices are not individual. We are formed from womb to tomb by culture, advertising, entertainment, news, fake news, ideologies promoted here and there. And the invitation and the corresponding challenge from Jesus is this. Will you be formed by me? Will you be formed by, by Jesus? 
Will we choose to set our ideas, mindsets, agendas, politics, economics, etc. at the feet of our rabbi and accept Jesus' teachings and his practices as our formation? In the historical sense, this is why the New Testament said that Jesus is our Lord. He's our rabbi, but he is our Lord. He is the, the ultimate final authority in our lives. He sets our worldview. He is forming uh, what is truth in our lives. And I know that can sound overwhelming. And so if you're feeling skeptical, cautious, or maybe even curious, there is good news. Because the invitation is to start at the start by being with Jesus. You are not being told to sign your name on a list of statements or to even, now hear this, you are not being told you have to conform. You are being invited into a transformational relationship. And here's some more good news. After three straight years with Jesus, his own apprentices were still learning. They were still trying to figure it out. And so when they did things, I don't want to use the word fail, but when they did things that were kind of outside of the way in which Jesus would do them, or if they they thought things or treated each other in a way that kind of contradicted Jesus' teachings and practices, Jesus always responded, follow me. Let's go. Let's, let's try again. This is how you do it. This is what I meant. I love reading the New Testament and the Gospels because it, you'll read these stories where Jesus would collect again with his apprentices at the end of the day, and he would tell them, this is what I meant by that parable. You didn't, you didn't succeed or quote unquote succeed in that prayer. Well, maybe you got to try this, or this is what I would have done. And I love these teaching moments because for us today, as we continue to be reformed under this new rabbi, under this, this individual who claims authority in our lives, there's going to be moments we... We are still haven't learned it or we need to relearn it. And Jesus has patience with us as much as he had with his apprentices then. The Holy Spirit is present to continue to guide us as we wrestle through this in community. That's the invitation, the challenge, because again, for every yes, there's a no. Here's the challenge. Jesus has to be the priority. And so as you consider maybe your own life, and this might be a cool growth opportunity for this week, if, if you want to take some time alone or with your partner or your spouse or with your family, maybe map out your time spent on information consumption. Most of us are formed in our Western culture through the information we consume. And so if you were to map out, okay, so who's feeding me truth this week? Is it, is it the TV? Is it social media? Is it news, books, music, conversations with friends and loved ones about anything and everything? Absolutely it is. But where was Jesus? Where does Jesus fit in that kind of pie graph if you wanted to pie it out, I guess? If you were to look at your time consumption in those relationships that are feeding you information versus the time you spent being formed by Jesus, who's forming you? At the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you that Jesus is the way. That's his job. I can't convince you. In fact, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in, in apologetics and this uh, verbal um, argument that Jesus is the truth because of X, Y, and Z, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to convince you through argument. I believe that experience will transcend explanation every single time. And I believe that this comes from Jesus' own life, that he invited people to be with him, to spend time with him, to do what he did. And through that experience, they would begin to trust and see that Jesus not just offered life, but life to the fullest. Experience will always uh, transcend explanation, but do we put ourselves in, an ex in a, a position, sorry, to have this experience of practicing the way of Jesus, to being formed by the way of Jesus, to actually ask ourselves, is the way of Jesus, is it actually a way, a, a healthier way of life? 
Is it actually not just life, but life to the fullest? Well, the only way to try is, to know, sorry, is, is to try. And so my job is to help you engage with Jesus, to establish rhythms with Jesus, to equip and empower you as an apprentice of Jesus. And I believe that if we put Jesus at the center as a priority in our formation, Jesus will prove that's exactly where he should be. I believe that. I absolutely do it. I see it in my own life and I need to continue to push into it. And so I'm so thankful for the, for the, the group that is beginning to form at my house on Wednesday nights at, around the table as we wrestle through this stuff together. But here's the other thing. At the end of the day, I don't really care what you call yourself. It doesn't matter if you refer to yourself as an apprentice or a Christian or a Christ follower. I am more concerned with the type of culture we are creating. We are not a come and see church. We are not a production, a show, or and if you're interested in really following Jesus, you should sign up for this discipleship course one-on-one. <laughs> Graduated discipleship was not an optional class for Jesus. If you wanted to follow Jesus, then follow Jesus. If you weren't really sure, okay, then that was fine. You could still, you could still show up and ask questions and listen. But if you really wanted to follow Jesus, there was only one way to do it, and that was through apprenticeship. And we would say the same thing. If you're interested in Jesus, then come and hang out with us. If, if you're skeptical, if you're cautious or curious, um, then come and hang out. We're never going to say, hey, like you should really commit to this. No, we're not going to say that because Jesus never did. We will say that once you do say you want to commit, then let's start at the start. Let's begin forming this. Let's begin placing Jesus in a position of authority in our lives, and let's figure it out together. Come on Sundays or join a table group midweek and let's wrestle through not just the way in which Jesus teaches, but the way in which we take his teachings into the application of our lives. This isn't about graduating to 3.0. This is about us on a journey together, each day taking a step closer to Jesus as our rabbi. And that's exactly it. You're being invited to follow a rabbi who claimed to be God. Big questions are, what if he was? What if he is? What if everything he said is true and in fact does lead to a fuller life? What if? I was thinking last night as I was laying in bed that maybe curiosity killed the cat, but I think an increased curiosity about Jesus will kill a passive understanding of our Christianity. I believe that. If we have more curiosity, if we're more curious about Jesus, it's going to uh, displace any passive understanding of Christianity. Because I don't think there's anything uh, true about a passive Christianity. That we can just come sit in a pew and listen to a sermon once a week and, and say that we follow Jesus. That this is a life experience. It's a life journey that is not easy. It's good, but that doesn't make it easy. It doesn't mean it's difficult either. We've already talked about that last week. But it does mean that we need to be supported by, by people around us. By the Holy Spirit's anointing, but also by people who are on that journey with us. And so welcome to Reunion. If it's your first time or if you've been here since the beginning, then welcome. This is who we are and are becoming. You are and are becoming a pupil and an apprentice of Jesus Christ. Or are you? What do you wonder, think, and know about the invitation and challenge of apprenticeships? And how might that influence your relationship with Christ? What is God saying to you this afternoon and how are you going to respond? 
We would encourage you to connect with us online if you're listening online. Hit us up through our social media or go to our website, reunionbelleville.com, and fill out a contact card. We have table groups starting up all over the place. So we've got one here, and I think we're going to have two here in town by the end of this week, and we've got a couple more north of the city, and we have some people who live way over near Coburg. And so if you're interested in being with a group of people or trying to learn together to apprentice to Jesus, we'd love to connect with you. If you live farther, further away and you're interested in reunion, we have dinner churches that are launching through our network all the time. But you can hit us up for more information on those as well. May God bless and keep you as you wrestle through what does it look like for you to take your next step as an apprentice of Jesus this week. Thank you for listening to today's lead-in. We pray that you were able to learn something about Jesus today, but equally important, we pray that you sense a step you might take in response. What would it look like for you to live with Jesus today in light of our discussion? You can learn more about our community at www.reunionbelleville.com and we're always here to walk with you.